So recently, I've been extremely picky about the candles that I keep around the house. A lot of home fragrances don't really smell natural. They're not really sweet and have a lot of chemicals. And after learning that the candle industry contributes to an insurmountable amount of non-recyclable waste, carbon emissions, and just toxicity in the air, that has changed the way that I select the candles that I keep in my house. And that's why I'm so glad that Notes Candles exist. They're on a mission to help eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option without giving up high-quality fragrance that smells amazing. The candle industry has a major problem, which is almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year in almost all of them. And I mean all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next one million years. That's right. A million. Insane. But Notes Candles has created a solution. They have a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel again and again and again. So you don't become a part of the problem. And it's so easy to use. The candles are made with fragrance wax beads. So all you have to do is place the wick in your reusable Notes jar, fill it up with wax beads, enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours, and then do it all over again. And you're ready for a new one. And you don't have to settle for less exciting fragrances with notes either. In fact, their collection of almost 13 fragrances are handcrafted by fragrance experts at their home base in South Carolina that are insane. I have a few of these here. Me and Jordan have been using them and I love it. Me and Jordan both are really big candle users, ironically, and so we can't get enough of this. And they have all these interesting one-of-a-kind fragrances like oak milk, vanilla, pepperwood, potassio, rose water all of them are amazing so be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality fragrance by making the switch to notes you can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandles.com slash just different right now notes is giving our listeners 15 percent off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using code just different just use code just different when placing your order that's code just different at notescandle.com dot com slash just different yo what's up welcome back to the just different podcast where we talk everything faith life and culture i'm your host darren starks and in today's episode i'm actually joined by emmanuel hecke who is a co-host of the church boy confessions podcast and we sit down and have a conversation about imposter syndrome within the church i think sometimes some of us we can come into the church or the body of christ and feel as if we're not christian enough We can feel as if we don't fit the mold of the people around us and we're not as righteous or holy as them. So we feel as if we don't belong as a child of God in some ways. So we sit down and speak to what imposter syndrome looks like within the church and understanding that sanctification doesn't come from us, but from God. We didn't make ourselves holy. He did. So there's no way that we could ever boast in ourselves or make anyone feel out of place because of where they're at with God. And so in the end, we essentially speak a lot to what it looks like to humble ourselves before God and eliminate pride in our lives when it comes to this entire conversation. But I hope this blesses you as much as it did me. And without further ado, let's tap in. But something that you you spoke to that I don't hear a lot, if ever, is when it comes to imposter syndrome within the church. And whenever I was listening to you to speak to that, we had just done an episode called The Thief of Joy. And it was basically just mm-hmm. us going through um, the danger of comparison and how that can disrupt so much of our relationships within the kingdom and yeah. hold so many ba- people back from ultimately like really where they 
need to be where God wants them. And so, yeah, just speak to that. Like what, how would you describe imposter syndrome in the church and what, what does it look like? We can start there. Yeah. Um, I would say that imposter syndrome looks like the person that feels like they don't belong in the Christian community because they still have a lot of sinful habits that they're working through. And also they don't know the Christian lingo. They don't know the Christian rhetoric. Um, They weren't born and raised in the church. They don't have a whole bunch of church friends, right? They go back home. Maybe they're not, their family's not saved or a lot of their friends are not saved. Um, So there's just a, there's an essence of just feeling out of place. And if I'm honest with you, this is not something I've ever personally felt, but I do have, you know, good brothers and sisters in Christ that, that have spoken to this. And um, yeah, I, I really, I really wanted to talk about that because, you know, I think that it's one, like you said, it's not something that. I, I hear about in the church context, um, but it's something that's really real. And I felt like the real root of it was us really comparing our journeys to each other um, and thinking that because another person is more far along in their journey, or maybe they're more spiritually mature, or maybe they've been a Christian for longer, that that means, you know, we're not real ones or we're not genu- <clears throat> genuine ones, which is just absolutely not true. And I think it's really detrimental to one's own like spiritual growth yeah there's a lot of people who feel as if they don't fit that box of maybe what a christian is supposed to look like or supposed to be yeah and or act like Mm -hmm. especially if they're coming from spaces like you mentioned that may have not like been i guess a part of like the typical body like you don't understand the lingo the tradition where like we kind of like yeah do like as people who are like grown up in church and have like known it maybe a lot of a lot of our lives and there's always this or at least from what i can see at times like see what you said i don't think i've ever necessarily felt that specifically i can always sometimes see it from afar but this competitiveness mm-hmm. when it comes to people's sanctification right but like yeah. you mentioned like all right like you know I'm more further along, along, more holy, more righteous because maybe I'm not struggling or dealing with what you may be still kind of working through right now. And I think that definitely is super detrimental. So like what, how do you overcome, I guess, those thoughts or even that battle with feeling that imposter syndrome, maybe with, as you're in the church? Yeah, I mean, I would say... It's a pretty broad topic. So the solution might not, that that I say might not be the remedy for every way that someone can compare themselves to another person. But I do think in the context of comparing your holiness to somebody else's holiness, or your sanctification to somebody else's sanctification, um, we have to like take a step back and recognize where sanctification comes from and where the righteousness is coming from. Um, And it's not coming from the person. It is not coming from the person. Um, And there's a place in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter four, and Apostle Paul, you know, he's talking about himself and Apollos, but he's talking to this, uh, to the audience that, I mean, obviously the Corinthians, 
And he's saying that, what do you have that you did not receive? And if you have received it, why do you boast as if you haven't received it? And I love that verse because I really try to apply it to just everything in my life because that really takes away all type of claims we can have for our own ego and our own pride. Um, and if you realize, if you take away pride, then there really is no point in comparison. There's no purpose for it. So you're just not going to do it. We, if there's nothing to boast about, right, there's also nothing to be insecure about. So if you recognize that I'm not holy because I just gave myself holiness, I'm holy because in my relationship with the Lord, he has been sanctifying me, right? Then, and that's the same thing for everybody, right? That's, that's the same thing for everybody. Then none of us can claim that, oh, I'm righteous because of how good I am and because of my good works that I'm righteous. No, you're righteous because if any, if anything, you are righteous because God has been working in you, right? Um, not because you just figured out some righteousness and everybody else is just not on your level, right? Um, and I think that for, for the person who is just genuinely being able to be real with the fact that I'm not perfect and I'm not righteous, that's the one that God truly is going to justify, right? There's a parable that Jesus gives about the Pharisee and the tax collector when they both go to the altar, right? And the Pharisee says, thank God, thank you, God, that I'm not like, you know, this tax collector and all these adulterers and all these other sinners. You know, I fast twice a day and, and you know, I, I, I pray and all that different stuff. And then, then the tax collector said, God, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. You know, and Jesus said the tax collector is the one that went home justified, not the Pharisee, you know, because it's not about us following all the rules and doing all the good works and then claiming that righteousness for ourselves. But it's about just first that repentance, that admitting that I'm not perfect. And then when you're inviting the Lord into your heart, he is going to be the one that changes you, right? We don't take the credit. We can't boast. We can't boast about that. And if we can't boast about that, we shouldn't be comparing ourselves for what, you know? Right. And so is that why you say that pride is extremely dangerous to what you mentioned earlier because you said that that was probably the most i guess vital of all the ones that you mentioned is that would that be a part of the reason why no absolutely yeah pride is pride is a really big one because we don't even recognize it sometimes i think it's easy to recognize lust right like oh you know you see a girl and you have thoughts that go through your head but pride sometimes some things you do you don't even know that it's pride at the time you know like i've 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 been a very prideful person in my life and i didn't know it was pride at the time until god really started like to sit me down like last year <laughs> and like yeah like this is why you did this five years i kid you not this is why you did this five years ago um and this is how this has continued this pride has continued to make you do certain things or i i did certain things for my ego you know, um, so so pride is tricky, man. We don't even recognize it all the time. Was that attached to what you do with your ministry? Absolutely. What yeah. what what did that Absolutely. look like? If you don't mind sharing, pride in pride in ministry. Yeah, just like in terms of the way that God has like checked you with that in what in moments where you probably didn't realize it at the time, but I like you mentioned later, mm -hmm. it was revealed. You were, yeah. your eyes were open to okay, this was the motive, the why, the intention behind why I was doing these things. Absolutely. So I took a break back 
in last November because of Pride. Um, and it was kind of crazy because, you know, at the time I was so consumed with like the numbers and so consumed with trying to make unassociated and church board confessions and create with Kendra, all, all the stuff that we do be something that's global and, you know, something huge that everybody's, you know, listening to, watching, coming out to. And whenever I would see a decline in numbers or see a decline in, in, in a certain area, I would feel like I was losing. I was doing something wrong. Everything's about to mess up. And I started to have this real fear of not doing, not fulfilling the work, like my, my, my purpose on life, you know? And, you know, the Holy Spirit has a way of like literally taking his time and holding my hand through times like that, which I absolutely love because I learned so much like through those times. And he really just starts to scrutinize my, my thought process and, and, and really ask me, if your biggest fear is that you die before you fulfill all your purpose, like, why would that be your biggest fear if, if he's the person that is literally carrying out my destiny? Like, if, if, if I'm scared to not fulfill my purpose, then my focus should just be following the Lord. Like, why, why would it be that I have to see all these numbers, right? Until I started to realize what, what the Holy Spirit was revealing to me was that the reason why I was so obsessed with numbers is because I was conflating my own prideful goals with, you know, my purpose and the things that God wanted me to do, you know, as growing up as like the church boy. And I was, I was a very insecure kid growing up. And the way I would comfort myself whenever I felt like I was mistreated or overlooked would be that I'm going to do something big one day and, and all these people are going to hear about it. Right. So. This entire time, I'm thinking I want Unassociated to be big because of God's will. No, 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 no. Like, that's part of it. Wow. You know what I'm saying? But I also wanted to be big because, you know, it's people that need to see me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it's people that I want to to know who my name and, and remember me. Um, and, and it was pride. It was pride, man. It, it was about me. It was about me having this image of what, I wanted to be and in this image of I wanted people to praise me and any time that my reality didn't measure up to that image or any time that the numbers didn't look like it was going in the direction of fulfilling that image I would be shut down I'd be depressed I'd be frustrated I'd be like just just weighed down and 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 terrible and it got to that point where it's like wow like the root of all of this of all of the pain and the frustration and the insecurities and all of that has been pride. <laughs> it has all come down to me having this innate feeling like I'm supposed to be this great image that people praise. And I have to measure up to that, you know, that weight and that pressure. Um, and, you know, God, God said, all right, you know, let's, let's, let's leave church with confessions alone for a little right. bit. You know what I'm saying? And let's, and let's get to work on, on, on myself, right? Really going back to the most important thing in ministry is having that personal time with the Lord because, you know, I was doing ministry and, you know, God was still using me, right? But there was still flesh mixed in that. There was still my own desires and, and my, own, um, my own sin that was mixed in that and, and God was ready to take that out of there. So, um, yeah, pride, man, it's, it's a tough one. It's a slippery one. 